podcast. I hope everybody had a good weekend. It's Monday. Summer is basically over. Um, I know here in Germany, the uh, summer tends to end really, really fast. If we have one, usually we have about two weeks worth of, you know, what I would consider summer weather. And then once September rolls around, it's like the temperature just falls off a cliff. And today is a prime example. It's cloudy. It's windy. It's only about 21 degrees uh, for the high at Celsius. Yeah, so summer is is coming to an end. Um, Today's episode is going to be a little different because uh, this week is going to be a little different. Um, Today is the first day of the first international break of the new season. Um, So all the players that got called up to their national teams left their club teams today, and they are headed to their national teams for, for training. This is that weird time during the season where, you know, right after the season starts, we get two international breaks in September and October, and a lot of people don't like it because it seems to disrupt, you know, their club teams, especially if they're on a roll. Um, but there's a lot of us that do actually like the international, uh, the national team, excuse me, the national team's playing. Um, this week we're going to have a lot of games in Euro qualifying during this, this international break. So I'm just going to go over some of those. I'm going to go group by group, and I'm going to start with Group A. Um, In Group A, we got England, the Czech Republic, Kosovo, Montenegro, and Bulgaria. Um, Match Day 5 is going to be on September 7th. Um, Kosovo and the Czech Republic are playing that first game. Then we have England and Bulgaria playing in London. And then for Match Day 6, which will be the 10th of September, we got Montenegro playing the Czech Republic and then England playing Kosovo. Um, Group B... Uh, it's the Ukraine, Luxembourg, Serbia, Portugal, and Lithuania on that first match day, which will be the 7th of September, match day 5. Um, we got Lithuania and Ukraine and Serbia in, and Portugal. And then for match day 6, we have Luxembourg hosting Serbia and then Lithuania hosting Portugal. Uh, group C, we have Northern Ireland, Germany, the Netherlands, Belarus, and Estonia. You know, living in Germany, this is a group that I'm definitely going to be focusing on. Um, match day five, we got Estonia playing Belarus on September 6th. And then also on September 6th, we have Germany hosting the Netherlands in Hamburg. And that's always a good game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how the German team is going to, which German team, I should say, is going to show up. You know, sometimes they're typical German. Sometimes they just seem to... Like they have no clue what's going on or they're not gelling together. So I'll be interested to to watch that game. Then for match day six, on the 9th of September, it'll be Northern, Northern Ireland hosting Germany in Belfast and then Estonia playing the Netherlands in Tallinn. Um, and right now, Germany is second in the group. Uh, Northern Ireland is first. They have 12 points in four matches. Germany has three, or excuse me, nine points in three matches. So um, neither team has lost a match yet. And right now the Netherlands is sitting in third, three points on two matches. So shaping up pretty well. I, I definitely see the Netherlands improving. I mean, they still have a few games to, uh, to go. They got six more games left in the group stage. All right, Group D, we have the Republic of Ireland, Denmark, Switzerland, Georgia and Gibraltar. 
So on match day five, we'll have what I think will be a pretty good game. The Republic of Ireland hosting Switzerland in Dublin. And then also on September 5th, Gibraltar hosting Denmark. Now, Gibraltar is a tiny team. Um, they're not very good in, in Europe. So, uh, you know, Denmark will, you know, probably, I, I'm predicting probably at least a 4-0 um, win for Denmark in that game. Um, then for match day six, Switzerland hosting Gibraltar, basically the same thing. Um, and then Georgia hosting Denmark on 8 September. Group E, we got uh, Hungary, Slovakia, Croatia, Wales, and Azerbaijan. Uh, for match day five, Wales and Azerbaijan on September 6. Then Slovakia, Croatia also on September 6. And then for match day six, Azerbaijan hosting Croatia, and then Hungary hosting Slovakia. That game will be in Budapest. Uh, group F, we have Spain, Sweden, Romania, Norway, Malta, and the Faroe Islands. So right now in this group, Spain is on top of the group, 12 points in four matches. Sweden's in second, seven points in four matches. Um, so match day five, we have Romania hosting Spain on the 5th of September, and then Norway hosting Malta uh, in Oslo, and the Faroe Islands hosting Sweden. And then for match day six, it'll be Romania hosting Malta, Sweden v. Norway, which doesn't sound like it'll be a good game, but you know that's probably a game that I'm going to end up watching out of this group, uh, especially after match day six. And then Spain hosting the Faroe Islands. All right, Group G, we have Poland, Israel, Austria, Slovenia, North Macedonia, and Latvia. So right now, Poland has 12 points in four matches, so they haven't lost yet. And Israel is in second with seven points in four matches. Um, let's see, for match day five, we have Israel hosting North Macedonia on the 5th of September. Slovenia hosting Poland on the 6th. Austria hosting Latvia on the 6th. And then for match day six, we have Slovenia uh, versus Israel on the 9th of September. Poland versus Austria, which should be a, a really good game. Um, and then Latvia versus North Macedonia. All right, Group H, we have France, Turkey, Iceland, Albania, Moldova, and Andorra. Um, right now, France is on top of the group, nine points in four matches. Turkey, same thing, nine points in four matches. But also, Iceland, nine points in four matches. So remember, at the last Euros and the last World Cup, um, Iceland was a surprise team. I mean, they went really, really far in the last Euros in 2016. Um, and they're, they're just a fun team to watch. You can tell they really, really enjoyed playing with each other. It's a lot of national pride there. Um, let's see, match day five. We have Iceland hosting Moldova on the 7th of September, Turkey versus Andorra, and then France-Albania. And then match day six, we have Moldova hosting Turkey on the 10th of September, France hosting Andorra, and then Albania versus Iceland. Group I, we have Belgium, Russia, Kazakhstan, Scotland, Cyprus, and San Marino. Right now, Belgium's in first place. They have 12 points in four matches. Russia, second. They have nine points in four matches. 
Um, so if match day five for them, it'll be Cyprus versus Kazakhstan on the 6th of September. Scotland versus Russia. And then San Marino hosting Belgium. And then match day six, we have Scotland versus Belgium. San Marino hosting Cyprus on the 9th of September. And then Russia versus Kazakhstan. All right, Group J, we have Italy, Finland, Armenia, Greece, Bosnia and Herzegovina, and Liechtenstein. Um, right now, Italy's in first place. They have 12 points in four matches, followed by Finland, who has nine points in four matches. Um, in those matches for match day five, we have Armenia hosting Italy on the 5th of September, Finland hosting Greece. And Bosnia and Herzegovina hosting Liechtenstein. And then for match day six, we have Armenia hosting Bosnia and Herzegovina, Greece versus Liechtenstein, and Finland versus Italy. All those match day six games are on the 8th of September. Um, and that's it for, for Euro 2020 qualifying for this international break. Um, some you know, a couple of decent, decent games there. Um, I'm definitely, like I said, I'm going to watch, you know, both the Germany matches and I'm sure there's some other ones that I'll, that I'll catch, uh, that I actually watch some that I'll just have, uh, the notifications turned on on my phone so I can flip back and forth between games. So, um, let me know what, what matches you guys are following. Um, I know I give my contact information usually at the end of the show, but, uh, hit me up. Love to hear from you guys. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search 90 and Extra Time. And then you can email me at 90 and Extra Time at gmail.com. All right, so I'm going to take a short little break, but I'll be right back. And I'm back. All right, so during this international break, um, the U.S. men's national team has two matches that they'll be hosting in the U.S. Um, the first one will be on the 6th of September, hosting their biggest rival, uh, Mexico. That game will be in East Rutherford, New Jersey, uh, which is where the Jets and the Giants play in the NFL. Um, I don't know if that stadium has grass or not. I know that's like a big issue in the U.S. because a lot of the, the stadiums, A, they're not football specific. Um, they're American football specific but they have like a field turf and I know that's like an, an issue I know Zlatan um, playing in the MLS he brings that up a lot and yesterday I was actually watching um, LA Galaxy playing against the Seattle Sounders they were playing in CenturyLink field which is where the Seattle Seahawks play in the NFL and I know that field is not natural grass um, and I know it causes some issues especially for a lot of the players that are coming from Europe that never play on the field turf um, but it seems like uh, no football matches should be played on artificial surfaces because I would think, you know, it's going to limit your ability to do slide tackles. The field turf is just, it's not grass. It just feels different. And then, you know, if you factor in stuff like weather, if there's a little bit of moisture on it. The ball is going to travel weird. You know, in American football, it's not that big of an issue because the ball rarely touches the ground i mean yes it starts every play on the ground but it's not traveling along the ground like the like a football like a soccer ball does <laughs> um but yeah that that'll be an interesting game. i'm gonna watch that game because you know it's the u.s versus mexico it's always a big game even if it's just a friendly 
Uh, but yeah, I was just thinking about that. Um, and then the U.S. is also going to host on the 10th of September. They're going to be hosting Uruguay in St. Louis. I'm not exactly sure where they're going to play this game at, but uh, hopefully, actually, no, Cavani will not be playing in that game because he's still he's still injured. Um, still be a decent game. I'm sure I'll still watch it regardless. You know, it's always good to see how the uh, how the U.S. team comes together. Plus, you know, there's a couple of new guys that they're gonna that got called up for the team for the first time. So, uh, yeah, so that's the, the U.S. matches during this international break. So the other ones, the other games that I'm interested in during this are the games that Brazil is going to be playing in. So Brazil has two games during this international break. They're going to be playing one on the 6th of September and then one on the 10th of September. They're both in the U.S. Um, they're playing on the 6th. They're playing against Colombia in Miami. Should be a decent game, I would think. Um, Neymar will be back. I'll get you know more on him later when I talk about transfers. But he's back in the squad. You know he missed the entire uh, Copa America because of injury. So it'll be good to see you know how he is. He hasn't played in a game. Wow, in months it seems like because he hasn't been playing for Paris. So uh, be good to see him back in action. Then on the 10th of September. Brazil will be playing Peru in Los Angeles. Should be a pretty decent game, I guess. I mean, if, if Peru you know, can make it competitive, it'll, it'll be a, a decent game. But it's always nice to watch the Brazilians play. I really enjoy their, uh, their style of play. Um, and this, this next game that Brazil has is actually on the 11th of October, so it's during the next international break. But these three matches, plus there's a fourth one that they're not sure who they're going to play against yet. They're calling this the Brazil Global Tour. Um, I guess they just didn't want to call it friendlies, so it has to be a tour. Um, that game will be in Singapore. Um, and then after that, <laughs> the next international break, which will be in November, um, Brazil and Argentina are playing. Um, they're going to be playing in Japan in the 2019 Super Clásico de, de las Americas. Let me say that again. Super Clásico de las Américas. You know, they're the biggest rivals in South America. Should be a decent game. I believe Lionel Messi will be back for that one. Um, you know, after his uh, Conme Bowl um, suspension, where he is not getting the chance to play for Argentina. And, you know, barring injury, hopefully um, Neymar will be in that game as well. Be interested to see if Danny Alves is still playing. He's he got called up for these uh, this current international break, and you know he's the captain of, of Brazil, 36 years old, still doing his thing. So, okay, transfer news. So uh, this weekend, uh, Cialini for Juventus got hurt, and I read that. You know, Juventus was scrambling to try to find a backstop because I guess it's an ACL injury, a tear. Um, you know, that can be season long. Uh, if, even though, you know, the football season is until May. I mean, even if he comes back in, let's say, February, I mean, he's never, he's not going to be 100% in February. So what I saw last night before I was going to bed was that there was already a done deal between uh, Juventus and Bayern Munich for Juventus to purchase Jerome Boateng um, to fill in that gap. 
You know, Boateng is only 30 years old. Um, he hasn't really been playing much for, for Bayern. Um, he was going to leave a couple of seasons ago. There was talk about him going to Paris. So when I saw this, I was like, oh, that's, that's a, a good move for him. You know, I mean, he'll get to play. They're definitely going to need him. And now, you know, less than, I guess, 10 hours later, I guess either the deal fell through or maybe Bayern just didn't want to have to do a deal on the final day of the, the transfer window. But it looks like Jerome Boateng is staying in Bayern Munich for now. Who knows what will happen at the end of the season or who knows what will happen in the winter. But he's not going anywhere. Um, another move uh, from a player that you know I follow, even though I don't follow his team, um, Javier Hernandez, Chicharito. He is moving, I guess you could say, back to Sevilla. Um, even though the English transfer market is or window is closed, other European teams, the, the European window is still open, so other European teams can buy players from from England. So he is headed to Sevilla. I mean, I think that's going to have a pretty decent impact on both teams. And it's, uh, it's actually surprising to see him uh, to make that move. I never thought that he would have went to Spain, or back to Spain, I should say, um, from the Premier League. But there he is. Um, waiting to see you know, if there's going to be any other crazy big deals that, that happened today. Um, we're still waiting to find out what's going to happen with Neymar. The last thing that I read was that he is not leaving Paris. Um, but who knows? I mean, like I said, 10 hours ago, I heard that Jerome Boateng was definitely going to Juventus. So it just doesn't seem like there's a place for Neymar in Barcelona. And... Barcelona or Real Madrid, they're not going to give up that money. And it seems like Paris does not want any of the players that they're offering. So we will uh, we'll see what happens. What would really surprise me if something happened still with Paul Pogba and Real Madrid. That's one that I've been you know keeping a close eye on. Haven't really heard anything um, recently. But, uh, you know, there's always the possibility for that last-minute shock to uh to happen so so this weekend um i watched majority of the bundesliga games or i was flipping back and forth through the bundesliga more than some of the other leagues um i watched that first game on friday with leipzig and Munchen gladbach wasn't really much surprises there uh leipzig won that three to one um, there were a couple of games though that were pretty surprising to me. the The first one was Schalke absolutely destroying Hertha Berlin. Now Berlin has, I believe, one point in three matches, um, and they got taken apart last week by Wolfsburg at home. Um, and you know, last year Schalke was not a good team. They didn't really make too many changes. Um, so they lost this week 3 nothing to, to Schalke, which is tragic. Um, I watched a lot of the uh, Bayern Munich-Mainz game. <clears throat> In the first half, that game, it seemed like everything that Bayern was trying wasn't working. I mean, they scored a goal, which was a really nice free kick from Alaba right before that half. 
Um, so it was 2-1 going into halftime, and I thought, oh, there's the possibility that Mainz can, you know, maybe equalize. Yeah, I was totally wrong. That game ended up being 6-1. Uh, to one. Yeah, it's pretty uh, classic of a move for Bayern. I mean, they just showed just how dominant they are. Uh, but the shot game for me of the week was Union Berlin 3, Borussia Dortmund 1. Now, this is their first win in the Bundesliga for Union Berlin ever. First win ever in the Bundesliga. And to do it against a Borussia Dortmund team that I believe, prior to this game, is, was going to challenge for the Bundesliga this year. Um, but they, I mean, they completely, they made them look like a, like an average team. I mean, Union Berlin is not, you know, they were in the second division last year. They're not a powerhouse of German football, especially the way they, they manhandled um, Dortmund, but it, it was a good game, you know, seeing Dortmund playing in this, this small stadium that they have, um, that Union Berlin plays in and just not having any answers. I mean, it was, it was a great game. If you like, you know, seeing those smaller clubs take apart the older team or the, the bigger teams, this was, this was definitely the, the match for you. It was, it was pretty good. And then yesterday I watched the, uh, Werder Bremen Augsburg game. Um, it was, it was pretty good. I mean, the two teams seemed like they were pretty much even. Um, I think mainly I watched this because of Joshua Sargent. He's on the U.S. men's national team. Well, when he gets called up. Um, he had a goal yesterday, and so did Osaka. Osaka had two, actually. But uh, the game, it was it was pretty entertaining. It's, you know, a neutral, somebody that doesn't really care about either team. Um, it was actually a really, really entertaining game. Uh, to watch um there was a a weird red card moment that happened for Augsburg um one of their players already had a yellow um there was like this nice through pass that came he was chasing down the the striker and he I don't know they showed it on VAR it he apparently tripped the guy I didn't really see it I thought it was kind of questionable Maybe a foul, definitely not a yellow in my opinion, but uh, he ended up getting sent off. But that didn't deter Augsburg. I mean, they were they were coming in like I mean they were attacking for the, the remainder of the game, and uh, you know they had a couple of pretty decent chances. The the Werder Bremen goalkeeper he got lucky a couple of times. It was like a a ball that bounced off the post. I mean they could have with ten men. I, they could have uh, tied that game up. And that red card came in the 34th minute. So, I mean, I thought that, that uh, Augsburg was going to come back and, and at least get, you know, one point out of that. But uh, Bremen was able to, to hold them off. All right, so in the Premier League, we had some pretty good games and some pretty disappointing games for... For some fans, I'm sure. Um, starting off with that Manchester Manchester United Southampton game. Um, I, granted, I understand they're playing on the road, and you know Southampton always kind of seems to play spoilers, especially for um, teams when they're when they're playing at home. But uh, I just can't see how, with the talent that Manchester United has, I don't understand why they're struggling this season. And I kind of feel bad for their coach because it doesn't seem like he's going to be there by Christmas. Um, he may be on, on his way out and, you know, we'll see, you know, t it's right now it's two thirty um, central European time. So 
there's still the possibility that some transfers could happen between now and then. Um, I don't know, but they, they need to get something going. Uh, same thing with Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea drew with Sheffield United uh, this weekend 2-2. Two to two. Um, I mean, I understand that, uh, you know, Frank Lampart coming in, there's going to be the, the issues with, you know, new team, new coach. Um, but, you know, nobody's used to seeing Chelsea struggle like this. I mean, Manchester United and Chelsea, they're both not having good seasons to start. And it doesn't look like at this point, either one of them is going to uh, to make it into those Champions League or Europa League spots. I mean. As of right now, Chelsea's in 11th, and yes, um, you know, Manchester United, they have a better team, I think, than Chelsea, but uh, they're sitting in 8th place right now, 5 points in 4 matches uh, for both of them. Um, let's see, what else did we have? We had Manchester City, 4, Brighton Hove Albion, 0, no surprise there. Uh, Liverpool, 3, Burnley, 0, again, no surprise. We had the... Uh, Arsenal Tottenham game also this weekend. Bitter rivals. Uh, Arsenal was lucky to get out of there with a point. Finished uh, 2 2. Arsenal went down early and they were struggling. But uh, again, Obama Yang and Lacazette managed to score. Arsenal playing at home. You know, you would think they'd get a better result than that. But like I said, one point is better than no points. Um,. You know, Tottenham is, is doing their thing. They're going to continue to. Right now, Arsenal is above them in the table. But uh, I look forward to the, the next meeting um, in the second half of the season between these two teams. Uh, like I have said before, I tend to follow Arsenal. Right now, they're sitting in fifth, uh, seven points in four matches. And Tottenham is sitting at five points on four matches. So. Tottenham is actually sitting right behind um, Manchester United. So right now at the, the table for the top six in the Premier League, we have Liverpool in first with 12 points, Manchester City second with 10 points, Leicester City in third with eight points, Crystal Palace in fourth with seven points, Arsenal in fifth with seven, and Everton sitting in sixth at, uh, with seven points. So, long season ahead, but uh, those top two, I mean, Manchester City is already two points behind Liverpool after four matches, so we'll see how that goes moving forward. Alright, so before I go, just want to let you guys know that tonight at 8.30 local time, Stuttgart will be playing against Bochum. Stuttgart's playing at home. Um, right now, as the table stands, before this game, uh, Stuttgart's sitting in fifth in the second Bundesliga with eight points in four matches. Uh, this is the last game of the match day, so if Stuttgart wins tonight, they get those three points, they will move up into second place, uh, and they'll have 11 points. And right now, Hamburg is sitting on top of the league with 13 points in five matches. Uh, they haven't lost yet this season, so um, I will definitely be watching that game tonight. I wish I would have thought to to get tickets a little bit sooner, but uh, probably go to the next home game. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I will definitely be watching that. So with that, I am going to end the show. 
I hope you guys have a, a great day. Um, I'll talk to you guys next Monday. Um, we'll see how this whole international week break goes. Um, yes, have a great day. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you guys next time. All right, bye.